You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Started here. We're going to give the shear. This is called Fundamentals of the Talmud. And as uh, we were saying yet a couple of days ago on this Fundamentals class, that we had done uh, some analysis on the statement of Shmuel. Shmuel uh, had, uh, the statement had been brought to the base matters by Shmuel's great student, Rav. Uh, it was a number of statements about the Dalit Kosot. And let us start here from Kufches Omidbet. And we're going to start from where the Talmud uh, begins here, which is Amar Rava, which is the fifth line. Well, it's actually, first there's a requote of Rav Yehuda. <laughs> is it possible that if you drink concentrated wine, you fulfill? I understand it's not the best, but have you really fulfilled it? And that Rav says, Yes, that was four cups of wine. But the idea of Chayrus, which is part of what David Kosas is about, which is about enjoying the wine, that uh, has not been fulfilled. That has not been fulfilled, and therefore uh, you have not actually fulfilled the mitzvah as far as that goes. Because part of the, clearly part of the mitzvah is also, in fact, maybe the essential part of the mitzvah of drinking the wine is that you should enjoy it. And concentrated wine is definitely not enjoyable, and it doesn't really, uh, it, it might be intensely um it might cause an intense drunkenness, but it's not the idea of drinking wine and enjoying it. And therefore, this idea of cheirus lo yotza. And in fact, part of the idea, especially if we would see the Rambam inside, is that Heseba is all part of this idea of this ambiance, and that clearly hasn't been fulfilled. And that's what Rav is really his, his critical statement of Shmuel is. The next words are, shaton bevat achas that if they are uh, imbibed in one shot, the eight achat. And we saw yet, we saw two days ago that there was a debate between Rashbam and Rashi as to what this means. According to Rashi, it's one giant cup that you keep on sipping from the requisite amount. According to Rashbam, it's four cups right in a row. On this, you can see the next word in the standard text is Rav Omar. Now, you might it might be Rova. Uh on the side uh we see uh a an addition that says Ra that the words are, are missing in the riff and the rush. The riff and the rush, for those uh, I'm sure you've heard the names. Um I had a good friend that made up a song um based on um Ringo's song, I think it was, you know what don't come easy. He used to say, I'm I'm running through the riff. And I'm rushing through the rush, or maybe rushing through the riff. <laughs> but and you know it don't come easy. The riff and the rush, riff rush, uh, very important names uh, as what we call poskim. They are poskim, not like the Shulchan Aruch, who rewrites the texts, uh, the, the halacha based on the text of the Talmud, and I'm like following the Rambam who rewrote things. Uh, but rather, uh, what this means is uh, they actually, uh, the riff 
decided to do a condensation of the Talmud. Uh, that condensation of the Talmud was written in um, uh, a, a style that kept a, a much of the Aramaic verbiage because that was a parlance that was well known, but however, took out many of the, what we would call the cul-de-sacs and the possibilities and some of the complexities. And the Riff actually was a book that was studied primarily by people who didn't have that much time to devote to Talmud, but wanted to learn Talmud. Uh, and, 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 for, and for my money, uh, well, it's not really my money, it's actually the history has shown it has a greater, uh, the idea of studying Rif was, was prevalent for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, much more, longer than the Dafyomi has been uh, this obsession, which of course I'm also part of in a way in terms of teaching. But the Rif was a, a book that was studied and, and it was a masterpiece and a lot of devotion was given to it because it was a way for someone to get the essence of the Talmud in a condensed form. Uh, a couple of hundred years later, when Osher ben Yechiel, the, the riff stands for, it's Reish Yud Pei, and you can see it there on the side, Reish Yud Pei. Reish Yud Pei stands for Rabbeinu, our teacher, Yitzchak Fas, or Yitzchak Alfasi, Isaac from Fez, Yitzchak from Fez. That was a city in Morocco, uh, right across the, uh, you would go, I guess, uh, I think it's the Darendels. I think if you go across from Spain to Morocco, that's where you would come to. You'd come to one of the cities there, which is Fez, and that's where he had his yeshiva, the Rif, known as a Sephardi because, of course, that whole area was Sephard, Spain and North Africa. That was the way it was called. So he was this great rabbi, a great teacher, and a great writer. Uh, his style was so popular and so important that, uh, and of course he died, um, he's actually older than Rashi. He actually uh, died uh, in the 11th century sometime. I don't have the, the date right here in front of me. Um, and uh, a, a, a hundreds of years later, 200, uh, 300 years later, approximately 250 years later, um, we have the Rush. Um, dies in 1340, approximately. Uh, the Rosh, uh, when he wrote his uh, Piske Halachos, when he wrote the Psachim of the Rosh, the, which is found um, uh, in, in every standard Talmud edition, along with the Rif, uh, he patterned himself on the Rif and sort of added his own um, points, sometimes disagreeing. So the Rif and the Rosh many times walked together because the Rosh sort of built himself on the structure that the Riff had developed, which meant that you can actually read um, in the Rush uh, sort of like a, a, a condensation and a clear presentation of how the Talmud is going to work and how the points uh, happen from the Talmud page. So in both of those texts are the, uh, the note on the side, which is from probably from one of the... Um, Print, you know, it was it, it was it was notes that were printed by various rabbis to sort of help you out. Um, hi, Josh, you here today? <laughs> I see your name here, um, and I guess I can manage the participants in a way. Um, I don't know if you're here. I see your camera's not on, but I can. Uh, 
I'm able to uh, mute you if I want. <laughs> uh, do you want to speak up? Just tell me that you're there. Can you hear me all right? Let me do the uh, chat. And let's see. Josh, can you hear me? Okay, I've unmuted you. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can hear me. I hope you can. Uh, let's see. Do we have the chat? Um, let's see. There we go. You can't hear anything. Can you hear now? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Okay. So, and you can see the text as well, correct? Correct. I can. Okay. Is there anyone else here or no? It doesn't look like it. Um, it doesn't look like it. I, okay. So let me do this. So anyway, as you can see here on the text, we've been talking about this little note here on the side and, um, the note is uh, from one of the rabbis. I think it's from Isaiah Pick Berlin. Um, and these little notes you can see on some of the standard texts, they're in little brackets. They're little helpful notes. And you can see here, Josh, it's connected to this asterisk. You can see this asterisk is here, and it's connected here. Basically, as uh, the point is, is that these two words, these two letters, Rav, probably our uh, interpolation, which probably were not in the original text. And, and the copyist probably made a mistake. The proof is, is that these men, the Rif and the Rush, and I, I was talking about them, who they were, uh, in their condensation and rewriting of this text, giving us this halachic uh, direction based on this text, uh, they do not have this word rav. And you would say, what does it mean? Well, I'll tell you why it's important, because we're talking about a statement of Shmuel, who was younger than Rav. And it was a statement of Shmuel that was brought to the Beis Medrash, as you can see here, Josh, by um, Yehuda. Here's Yehuda, the student of Shmuel. <laughs> so Rav wouldn't be commenting on that. Rav is older than Shmuel. He wouldn't be speaking about that. And uh, it's uh, clearly a mistake. Anyway, so therefore... Uh, we would say, take the word Rav out. Anyway, here's the point. You drink all the cups of wine in one shot. <laughs> and we explained what that meant. Either it means one after the other or from one big cup. So, Yedeyai and Yotza, that definitely was drinking wine. <laughs> but it was, and, and you could say even it was good tasting wine. And could be the idea of drinking wine in terms of um, in terms of uh, having uh, a buzz, we're there, but it was not our Bacosos. <laughs> it was not four cups, even if it was one after the other, but four cups are only four cups if they are, um, if they are uh, in the right place, if they are put into the right place together. Then it makes sense. Then you can call that uh, four cups. Okay. So, next. And, and Josh, if you want to unmute yourself, you can. If you want to say something, so please do if you if you need to. Okay. 
I think I'm, I gave you the right to do that if you want. <laughs> I think you have the right to. Yes, sorry. I just I keep it on mute only because uh, I have other apps going and sometimes they make noise and I have my no, door no, no. in the background. Okay, I understand. I understand. Um, that's fine. But if you want to, you can, you, you, can, you can buzz in. Just let me know that you're there. I'm going to go on as if I have a thousand people listening, but it's okay. <laughs> um, now, so Yudayai. You will have a thousand. You will have a thousand soon. Yes. Yudayai and Yatsa, as far as wine goes, yes. Yuday Arbacosis Lo Yatsa. But it's not four cups. Okay. Here we have another statement that was uh, an, uh, analyzing. And I mentioned this yesterday, although it didn't get on the recording. Uh, and I have all these little pet names for, for things, and it helps me being as a teacher. And, and sometimes uh, there's so many little um, details about learning Talmud that you need to have little tricks to remember, oh, here's that trick, here's that trick, you know. Um, sort of like when a coach is teaching football for the first time. And, you know, and one of the great plays in football is when the uh, quarterback goes back to pass and he, he pulls his uh, 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 he pulls his uh, <laughs> he pulls his hand back in order to uh, he pulls his hand back in order to, uh, uh, to to throw the ball and what happens instead is that someone comes around and gets the ball from him and that's of course called the Statue of Liberty play. Right. Statue of Liberty play where, you know, as if the, 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 the Lady Liberty is holding the torch. And of course, here the running back comes around and, and gets the ball. So all you have to say is Statue of Liberty play. You know what I'm talking about. A um, great example of that is Boise State recently used it to beat Oklahoma, one of the biggest upsets in bowl history. <laughs> uh, and it was perfectly executed. So, right. so you know what it's called? The Statue of Liberty play. Everybody knows that. So in, in the same way, I have I call this Pandora's box. Pandora's box is that um, is that once uh, a brisa or a statement is brought, we're going to do a lot of analysis about it. Um, and, and once it's on the table, we like Pandora, who opened the box because of curiosity. We're curious, uh, and and we saw some of that, and we're going to see some of it coming up in, in a minute. Uh, and that's the idea that once a statement is on the table, we don't just take what we want from it, but we we pick around it to understand it completely. You'll see what I mean in a minute. So here we have uh, uh, the statement that Shmuel had made. Yehud had made the name of Shmuel from the other from yesterday or two days ago. And here it is: Hishka mehen lebanov ulebnei beso yotza. Okay, Hishka mehen pour from that big cup to his children and the other people in the house. Yotza. You fulfilled your your your, your command. Now, um, that sounds strange because what happened here? Um, you, like, like you didn't drink it? So is that what Shmuel said? So Amar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok, says the only way that makes sense is for who that case can only make sense the ishte ruba de kasa that that he drank most of the cup. Now, when we talk about him drinking most of the cup, so is it one of these giant cups? Possibly that he has to that he has to drink most of the cup. It's possible that you have to drink most of the cup. That is a possibility. Um, back, yeah. 
What should I do here? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to mute everybody here. <laughs> Somebody's here. Some new person is here. I'm happy that you're here, but I think I'm gonna have to mute you, okay? Because <laughs> we are. We we. So here we go. Current Okay. And I'm gonna allow you to unmute yourself if you need to. Okay. There we go. So anyway. So as I said. Uh, uh, who's what's going on here? Who's drinking uh, most of the cup? So the 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 head of the household's drinking most of the cup. Okay, from here, uh, and I, I don't want to go into this because I don't have much time today. But here, uh, the toast vote in an earlier page says, "Hmm, sounds like the rest of the family doesn't have cups of wine." It sounds like the only person who has cups of wine here is uh, the guy running the seder, and then he's giving the re- he's giving. Like he's drinking most of it. He's like, hey, you guys want some? Here, you can have some of it too. Um, in other words, uh, well, which implies, and this is an incredible implication, that the idea of four cups might only be for the leader of the Seder. Now, Tosvos, uh, who, who suggests this, not on this page, and I don't want to go into it because I don't have time, uh, to show it to you inside, but I'll tell it to you outside. I think it's an interesting idea. But he says it looks from this text that 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 the four cups are one. The, each seder has four cups, meaning the leader drinks the cups. And Tosa says, if that's true, what does it mean that what we learned the other day that even women have to have four cups are chayev? They are responsible in four cups. It doesn't necessarily mean they drink the four cups. But it means they watch the ceremonial drinking of the four cups. <laughs> but there doesn't, and in a way, it has a certain power. It's like, now we're going to drink that first cup that represents whatever it represents. And we talked about that uh, last week a lot. But that's what the impression that you get here, because what are you pouring it to everybody else for? Okay. So that is an interesting point that, that Tosis makes. And that's other, you know, and I hope you, you guys appreciate that. Yeah, it sounds like, what's he giving it to the family? They got their own cups. What's everybody else drinking it for? So it sounds like the point is that even though he doesn't drink the whole cup, but he drinks most of it, and therefore he's Yodse. He's fulfilled it. Okay? And from here, uh, some say that really you should drink the whole cup. But what Shmuel told us was, you don't got to drink the whole cup. Uh, You can drink even part of the cup, uh, most of the cup, and that will be a, uh, that will be enough. Okay, so now we've done uh, the understanding of Shmuel. Now that we understand what he said, at least we think we understand most of what he said. It's time for a key Gemara term, and you can see it here. And just checking to see who's here. Mesve, a key Gemara term, and you've, you've, I've had it. We've had it before, and this is a question. Uh, Mesve, and it comes from the Aramaic root of Remember, the tough and the shin split uh, are, are, are interchangeable. Tough and shin, interchangeable. So mesve means like I'm going from the word sheve. In other words, I'm going to shove something to you. I'm going to return something to you. It's like, hey, I've got something to throw at you. And because you're an Amora, as I mentioned the other day, this could be a bomb against you. I don't care. You're Yehuda. You're Shmuel. You're still an Amora, and I've got an I've got a question against you. 
Okay, so here's Mesve, and the next word introduces a Braita or a Mishnah, Tosefta. In this case, it's not a Mishnah. But let's see. This letter, Dalit, obviously is shorthand for the Hebrew word Arba'ah. Again, the Talmud printers always did that. They always made sure to be able to... Um, they always made sure to be able uh, to save space sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit, you get confused. Here you, why, why don't you say, why are you saving space now? Sometimes it was just to get everything on the page properly. So anyway, so that's why the printer puts the word Dalid, which the letter Dalid, and you see this little half streichel here, which shows you it's not a word. It's actually short for Arba'a. Instead of saying Arba'a, we just say Dalid. So that's arbaak arbakosos. These four sarak sheben kedei revios kederetek revios that you have to end up with two point two ounces. That's what a revius is. A quarter revius from the word reva, which is four, but revius means a fourth of a fourth of what was a term of measurement called a lug. A fourth of a lug. You have to end up a fourth of a lug. We don't have much time to get into it, how you get those ounces. But trust me, it turns out to be 2.2 or 2.4 ounces. Uh, the the Bryce continues. Echod chai, echod ve'echod, meaning either way, whether you're drinking concentrate or echod mozug, or you're actually mixing it with water, the amount in the cup has got to be 2.4 ounces. Echad chodosh, vi echad yoshon. Whether it is uh, new wine or whether it is old wine, new or old wine. Okay, let's stop for a second here and explain new and old wine. Now again, people who know about the development of wine realize that wine has to age. And oh, that was a good year. Oh, yes, yeah, 2000. Yes, that was a great year. 1990, that was a great year. The old, sometimes the older wine is, the better it is. And obviously, fresh wine, wine that comes from, you know, in a sense, uh, very new wine was considered gauche. It was considered, oh, you haven't even let it sit at all. It just came out of the press. It doesn't even have the, the great right taste. It doesn't give you the right buzz. It's not fermented enough. So the chidush here is, the novel point is, is that you can drink chodash wine. Okay, you get away with drinking new, cheap, not yet fermented wine. And also, echad yoshem, even if it's older wine. Of course, why not? Older wine is better. So here the point might be, you still got to drink the right amount. Don't just say, well, I've got this great wine. Why do I have to drink a revius? Yes, you do. You have to drink a revius, even if it's this good wine. On that note, the Brisa has Rabbi Yehuda's statement. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, he says, uh, you've, you've left out something. Okay, what have you left out? Um, now, I want to give you a little bit of a rule here. This is a Brisa starting from where I've got the cursor here. And uh, I just want to make sure everyone is with me. So I'm sending a little note, <laughs> even though I'm imagining you are. So, uh, so I guess you are. So, whenever you see a bright uh, that's going to have a name of a rabbi in it, and Rebbe Yehuda Omer, 
there's a rule. Is he arguing or is he explaining? I know he's there, but what's he there for? So there's a little rule you can use, a little trick that uh, the great Yom Tov Lipman Heller, who wrote a commentary on Mishnayot, you might have heard of his commentary. It's called Tosfot Yom Tov. Talk about him a different time. But one of his rules of thumb, since he was a Mishnayot expert, is that if the name of the rabbi comes first, that means he's arguing. <laughs> if the word Omer comes first, that means he's probably adding and helping. Okay. So when the name comes first, they're arguing. Yeah. They, when it's, uh, and then it was Omer, that rabbi, then that means they're adding. Right, right. That's a very good rule to remember. I, I have, again, Yom Tov Lippmann Heller uh, was one of the most esteemed rabbis, and he knew what he was talking about. I, I have some doubt, though, whether it's always true, but it's usually a good rule of thumb. Uh, if you're looking at a Mishnah, right, uh, and saying, oh, is this opinion different or what's going on? So generally, I go with, I, I use, my default mode is Heller's. That uh, that if the name comes first, he's arguing, he's disagreeing. Let's see how he's disagreeing. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, and that's Rabbi Yehuda Bari, one of the students of Rabbi Akiva. Sarech shiehei bo tam. He says, you've left out something. <laughs> you said you could have like this new wine. No, it's got to got, it has to have the taste. It's got to have that taste. And taste, of course, means the taste that you expect wine to have. Mare yayin. It has to have also the look. It has to have the, the right look of wine. It has to have the right look of wine. Okay. So we're going to see what that look is soon. All right. That's the end of the Brighta. So now, Remember I said it was a mesve? Remember I said it was a question on Shmuel. Let's see what the question is. Ketani, you learned. Ketani from the tough and the shin are uh, interchangeable. You have you have studied. You have, in, in a sense, taught us. What have you taught us? Mias. Mihas. In Yiddish we say, it comes from the word mos, he's a mias, a guy, he's disgusting. But mihas does not mean that. Mias means at least. I don't know why, but that's the way I understand it. Mias, you've, at least what we have seen here is, look at this, then you put quotation marks here, kidei revit, that what you have to end up with is 2.4. Va'at, speaking to Yehuda in the name of Shmuel, at, you, at, like we say in the Haggadah, at petachlo, you open the mouth of the child that doesn't know how to ask. At, you, Amrit, from the word Omar, you said, what did you say? Up here you said, kos yafeh, the amount you're supposed to get is a kos yafeh, a pretty cup. Now yafeh doesn't mean pretty, it means well done. <laughs> yafeh, yafeh, right? Uh, as the Mishnah Navot says, yafeh, uh, it says, that it's yofe to do tshuva and good actions in this world from all the next world. What does it mean, yafe? <laughs> so the great Hasidic Rebbe, uh, Rav Menachem Nochem of Chernobyl, 
student of, of, of the Chatam Sofer, and also a Machutin with the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, an Aksam Sofer of the Baal Shem Tov, and a student of the Lubav, uh, a Machutin with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the, either him or his son, uh, of the first Lubavitcher Rebbe. They, they, they had a, a marriage together, the generations came together. He said, Yafem means a synthesis of a physical and spiritual. So Yafem means something that's synthesized and, and beautiful. Like a person living a, a great life as a human being with a body and soul in this world. That's what the Mishnah says. That's Yafet, right? Obviously, the pure soul and the body that's elevated in Olamaba, we, we can't even understand that. But there's something about the beauty of these opposites, of these things coming together that's working just right. That's Yafet. So you said the kos is Yafet. Is that just a, a reviet? It sounds like it's something more than that. And therefore, I have a question against you. It sounds like you need more wine than that. You want a kos yafe. Amre, so when this question was asked, Amre, they said, the students in the base Medrash said, hey, this is not really a question. Because you know why? Ide ve'ide, right? Ide ve'ide, right? It's not ide gourmet, or not ide amin. Ide ve'ide, this and that. Ide ve'ide, this one and that one. Chad is Aramaic for one. Shi'ura is one amount. Who? It's one amount. It's all the same amount. I know Shmuel confused things. Yehuda, but Shmuel confused things by saying, Kedei mezigat yafeh. I'm not sure why he said that, but that's what we're saying. My kedei mezigat kos yafeh, this strange term, put quotation marks here. What does it mean, kedei mezigat yafeh, this, this synthesized beautiful cup, dikomar, that he was talking about? That meant the kol chad v'chad. What he meant was, when he said, um, for that means every single one that when you that make sure that when you mix the water with the concentrate in every cup, dahave luhu that it will be luhu to them, kulhu all reviet. They will all be a reviet. Aha. They will all be. They eventually become a reviet. And maybe that's what we meant, that you start with a lot of concentrate, but then you're going to do it well. You're going to do it beautifully. You're going to do it with a great synthesis. And that way, you end up with every cup having the appropriate 2.4 ounces. But that's what Shmuel meant. And therefore, the Breita is not a contradiction to Shmuel. Okay. Um I'm just going to show you this, and then we're going to stop recording, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick up on this if you're interested. Again, we're not going to have that many days next week. Uh, we'll try, we'll just probably have Monday. I think Tuesday night is already Batikas uh, Chomet, so Monday will probably be our last one, because I don't think uh, the day, but Tuesday is already the Batikas Chomet, so we'll, we'll see what's going on that day. Reb Yehuda Omer, and then, this is the Pandora's box. <laughs> Let's go back to Rabbi for a minute, since you quoted him in the Brayta. Tzorach tam umare. It's got to have the taste and the look. Uh, 
And on this, where did you to get that, that it's got to give you the buzz and it's got to have that, that look? And what look are we talking about? So Amarava, Rava said, my time with the Rabbi Yehuda. What's Rabbi Yehuda really based on? So he's based on a verse, as you can see here in the Rashi script, that we're quoting a, a verse, Al Adam. That's a verse from Proverbs, from Mishlei 23. And over there, Shlomo Melech tells you how terrible it is to become an addict. And he tells you how drinking wine can ruin your life and how you, you end up in a stupor in a daze. But one of the things Shlomo Melech tells you is you're going to be enticed not by the look of the wine because it's red and it, it draws you to it. So Yehuda, Rav Yehuda bases himself on Shlomo's negative description of what wine is and how terrible it can be. And it's from there that he says, look the way Shlomo describes it. Don't become an addict. Don't become a drunkard by, by being ensnared by that redness of the wine. So it's from there that actually Yehuda takes a positive, that our wine on the night of Pesach should be red. And that's why actually it's codified in, in Jewish law that it should be red wine, because red wine seemingly is, 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 is a wine that projects itself as something appealing. And, uh, you know, again, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not a connoisseur, but... Uh, it's interesting how, from the negative, we imply the positive. So, I'm going to... Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.